Welcome to The Ortho Show, the podcast that brings you stories from the world of orthopedics. I'm Ben Young. I'm Mika Nichols. And today we're going to hear from mobility or hear about Mobility Outreach International. This is an organization that travels around the world uh, to enable mobility in under-resourced parts of the world, in adults and children impacted by limb loss and deformity. And to talk to us about this organization is one of the volunteer surgeons who works with them, Dr. Maurice Bouchard, Bouchard, excuse me, and she is the uh, assistant professor and surgeon investigator at the Hospital for Sick Children at the University of Toronto. Dr. Maurice Bouchard, thanks so much for making the time to join us. Yeah, welcome to the Ortho Show. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be here. So, uh, Maurice, we asked you on this show because um, we were interested in your volunteer work abroad. Can you perhaps start by telling us what motivated you to get involved with this volunteer work? Yeah, I've always been interested in the delivery of medical care in more remote, lower income areas since medical school. And as I went through my path of training and ultimately became a surgeon and identified as a surgeon, the concept of access to surgical care was really what rooted me. Uh, personally, I had also done some travels in Africa and um, quite poor countries and poor settings, and the two married quite well together with my interests, um, coming from somewhere with a pretty solid healthcare system with lots of opportunity, figuring out how I could contribute what I've learned and what I've seen at home uh, to people less fortunate was was at the height of my priorities as a trainee, but also now as a surgeon in practice. Where are you going at the moment? Tell us a bit about that. Yep. So currently the way I've figured out how to hold down a full-time academic surgical practice, but also be able to have regular interactions with a community in a uh, resource-poor part of the world has been by partnering with an organization. I was previously working in Seattle, and this is a Seattle-based organization called Mobility Outreach International. They started uh, just over 30 years ago now, mostly providing prosthetic care for patients after the Vietnam War in Vietnam. But the organization has since grown to also provide clubfoot uh, treatment training, as well as treatment delivery, and a surgical program, particularly for lower extremity and foot and ankle conditions, um, and usually deformity from uh, injury or uh, congenital defects. And um, country-wise, they've also expanded, but our biggest programs still, for the most part, are in Vietnam. And it was through them uh, having an interest in pediatric lower extremity and foot and ankle uh, that I became involved on the board and became uh, one of the, at the moment, two surgeons who are actively going to uh, Vietnam annually or a little more frequently depending on the need to provide surgical care as well as training of uh, clubfoot Ponsetti treatment um, and other educational activities while over there. Am I right in thinking this uh, group was started by a, a veteran from the Vietnam Yeah, so correct. And um, after returning back to the U.S., he had wanted to give back uh, to Vietnam and, and hence why he had picked that country uh, initially. Maurice, you noted there at the beginning as you were talking about what, you know, what it is that Mobility Outreach uh, get up to and, and how you found them and joined them, that you're a very busy surgeon and it was uh, – you know, there was a challenge there to find time to do this sort of thing. That is, you know, that's what strikes me as kind of amazing about this is, uh, you know, for all surgeons that go away on these, um, 
you know, these medical uh, trips abroad. I haven't met a surgeon. I don't know about you, Mika, but I've never met a surgeon who isn't completely swamped for, for time, all the time. Yeah. So, A, how do you find the time? And B, you know, how is the whole thing funded, if that's not too rude to ask? No, not at all. I So from my colleagues who also do work like this, I think we've all found a way that fits with our personal practice. So the surgeons I know who can go and spend longer time tend to be, if not in private practice, in a setting where they are not salaried. And so if they are away from work, it's it's their own financial loss as opposed to the groups. That makes a huge difference. The second is having partners who, if you are gone for an extended period of time, are willing to cover your patients. Um, so that, that inherently sets sort of your... Uh, ability to to leave for shorter or longer periods. Um, Within an academic setting, um, my university now in particular has a very strong focus in promoting global health uh, training programs and work abroad partnerships, you know, north-south type partnerships. And so Interestingly, in my new job, this is almost easier for me to navigate because my interests align with a lot of the program development that they want. Um, But that's certainly not the case for everyone. Um, I think shorter trips, which may, as uh, we may go into, may not seem on the surface as perhaps sustainable, but are probably the most practical for most of us in our practice. And a lot of us are giving up vacation time, obviously, to do it, but I think we're happy to do that. So from a funding perspective, um, in the past, when I had done some work and and research in Uganda, I had funded myself through a a scholarship uh, grant grant type uh, funding, so a one-time amount that I used over a couple of years. But um, with MOI, I donate some of my personal funds towards the trip, but also because I'm working with an organization, we have uh, some funds from our global budget towards the surgical programs that help support this. You know, it's striking me, Mika, as we move along here, that this this podcast could be a bad one for you and I because we are speaking to a very, very good human being <laughs> and i can't oh, speak, speak for, for you yourself. i was gonna say speak for yourself there ben <laughs> but that, that's quite amazing so um listen i you know if it's not again i'm going to ask some questions here that maybe are too personal but it, would you be able to share with us maybe one or two you know, anecdotes of powerful experiences that you've had while you're over there and 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 you know don't feel shy about singing your own praises because this is you know, this is amazing work. You're giving can up I, your own time, your own funds. Sorry, Ben, before we get there, can we, you just maybe say what your day-to-day life is like when you're out there? Yeah, sure. So our, our trips in Vietnam, um, I think depending on the surgeons involved, have probably morphed over the years. And, you know, honestly, in a very... For, for all the right reasons, they're a little less surgically heavy the last couple years than they used to be because when um, my current partner and former surgical partner in Seattle were going for quite a few years, the they had just started 
teaching local doctors how to treat club feet with casts. And so there were a lot of neglected club feet. There were a lot of un, um, relapsed club feet as the technique wasn't quite hammered down. And so when they would go, they would often be operating three, four days and doing quite a few cases operating, you know, eight, 10 hours straight. Um, interestingly, now we, we have fewer cases, but it's all for the right reasons that the actual casting method is working really well and they understand the concept of bracing to minimize relapse and recurrence. And so, um, which is the whole point of the whole program, which is to prevent uh, having having so many people with disability from club feet. Uh, the program has been successful. So our surgical volumes now um, are actually less, um, which to be honest, personally fits much more with what my vision is from the surgical side of our endeavors in MOI, which is that I don't want to just go and be an operating machine and leave, even though I get a, obviously a lot of satisfaction out of that, but to have more time to do educational activities and to also not have to rush through the surgeries and be able to train locals during the cases, which I have now discovered is a whole other level of training from what I do here because I need a Vietnamese interpreter in the operating room. And so communicating, please don't cut that in an instant. It's very challenging when you need to wait for someone to interpret that and someone else is holding a knife. <laughs> it requires so, nerves um, of steel, I imagine. It's, it's been... Yes, I've learned hand signals um, to stop things from happening. So um, so my day-to-day -day is a little different than what I think my partners were doing even five years ago. So I try to split the trip up a little bit. We, um, we do uh, – part of our visit is – always up in the northern region of Vietnam in the mountains in a town called Sun La. And uh, it has been now, I think, almost 15 years that my partner, Rob Veith, has been going there. The town actually presented him with a huge ceremony our last trip for all the work he's done. And we have a contract with them to stay in uh, at least once a year until 2023. So when we go there, we usually operate for two days um, after we've seen patients in clinic, and that's usually a whole day. Um, and then as happens with all these trips, there are other people who show up and pepper in, and we might sign up last minute for surgery. Um, and we round on the patients every day in the hospital um, and, uh, like I said, train some local uh, general doctors there to do some basic pediatric orthopedic foot procedures. Um, and then... We recently have started working with some of the surgeons at uh, a local hospital, uh, government hospital in Hanoi. Um, my understanding was MOI did partner with them about 10 years ago and kind of lost touch. And we had got back in touch with them when we had a child at an orphanage who needed a, a surgery in Hanoi, and they graciously let us use their operating space. And now it's morphed into something more formal where we do a day of seeing patients together and teach the residents. And they have a little more English there, so teaching is, is certainly a lot easier. And then usually one OR day, and again, making sure that their trainees and their their surgeons are in the room so that we can extend our knowledge because this hospital actually has a wonderful orthopedic department and arguably their OR is nicer than any I've been in in the United States or Canada. And, um, and, and they're really fantastic. They just don't see a lot of kids or a lot of foot and ankle. So we're, it's more for me a knowledge exchange. 
And then um, the last trip we revived, revived um, teaching clubfoot Ponsetti uh, courses. So we held one in Hanoi with, um, I think we had 40 participants, everything from cast technologists to rehab uh, docs and physiatrists as well as surgeons. Uh, and it was quite well received. So I think next year we'll be doing another one in the south of the country. How many how many years have you been going going out there? I it's only been uh, two and a half for me. I've done three trips in the those two and a half years, um, and yeah, committed at least till twenty twenty three, if not longer. I quite love it over there. So coming back to my question that Mika so rudely interrupted. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, in those two and a half years, do, do you feel comfortable maybe sharing a, a one or two stories that were particularly impactful for, for you or stand out to you? Yeah. Um, one of them uh, actually spans over um, my last two trips. Um, we had this beautiful girl with a um, partially treated club foot. She was running into a lot of issues, really bad pressure sores. She's about 10 years old. Um, and, uh, they kept opening up. So every time we would go to operate on her, she would have, actually, I take it back. She was on my first trip, but she had a big pressure sore that we, we couldn't operate because the wound was too big. And, um, when we came back, it was mostly healed, but at this point we realized it was never going to heal enough to allow her to have surgery, you know, with it completely closed because she had to walk on her foot. So, um, and this poor girl had previously even had part of her pinky toe side of the foot amputated because of these constant issues with, with open sores. So, um, we took her to surgery. Uh, it was actually my first, um, what we call a Lambernuti triple. So a, a salvage procedure for these older kids with residual club feet is we really don't have to do these in North America. Thank goodness. Uh, I had done more formal, um, fusions within the foot, but not for this exact purpose. And, uh, it was, so from a surgical point of view, for me, it was a huge growing experience. And oddly enough, I've actually had to perform a couple of those in, in the States since coming home. And, um, so from a surgeon technique perspective, it was important, but this girl was also just one of the sweetest children. And she, there, they don't do general anesthetic as much because there's more risk. And she had a spinal and she sang through the entire surgery. And the whole room was in like tears the whole time. Oh, man. I'll bet. What it a was, trooper. That's amazing. Yeah, she was wild. And then I saw her on my last trip. She had come back. Her foot looked amazing. And she gifted Dr. Beath and I um, these traditional scarves, um, her and her father. And it was just, I just broke down in tears. It was quite amazing to see that I was able to help her so much. And the fact that they had very little resources and brought us beautiful gifts was just um, incredible. And that's the, that is the payment, right? That's the, that's oh, the yeah. moment. I'm sure you don't go there seeking that, but I'm, I'm also sure that makes it all worth it. I must Absolutely. say, I've been saying for years, if you're ever going to do a brand new surgery that's complex and a little bit scary, best place to do it is somewhere where you've never been <laughs> in, in a surgery that's not yours. I know. That's, <laughs> well in hindsight, that sounds terrible. But no, Dr. Beath no. had done very many. Don't worry. We'll edit that. We'll edit my No, no, part. Ben. I'm keeping that in and I'm going to hold no, this no, against you. Actually, <laughs> no, you bring up a really great point. I actually don't even think you should delete that. I, I think there are... As much as I love going over and working 
in other places. I, I can't pretend that this, that I've been doing this for decades and know all the ins and outs, but I think that is one thing that's incredibly important and often overlooked when we do these trips as surgeons is we think, um, we think in our minds and with the resources we have and the experience we have in North America or Europe. And uh, the truth is, even though those treatments may be great here, they're not always great there, and you need to make sure you adapt the techniques and um, procedures to be, um, you know, in in compatibility with the local scene. And on that note, it, it isn't a place that you should go and be like, hey, I've never done this before, let me just go and do that. Um, unless it's literally the only thing that makes sense to be done, and you're obviously skilled at what you do. I mean, I do surgeries for the first time all the time in my practice. That's the beauty of pediatric orthopedics, but um, always within reason. I, I think it's... Um, Sometimes it's hard to remember that you're going over and working in a very um, different situation culturally, financially, um, and, and so it is important to keep that in mind. So I know, Maurice, that one of your goals is to make sustainable changes, and you've mentioned education, you've mentioned lecturing and, and uh, training mm-hmm. and so on. Is this the extent of what you're doing to create sustainable changes, and what do you see in the, the longer term? Yeah, no, it's... um so. Ideally, I would like more than that. Um, working with MOI and MOI's, um, MOI's mission, but also MOI's budget. <laughs> you know, there's only so much uh, that we can do at the moment. Um, I do believe that uh, the most impactful, perhaps sustainable change is uh, inspiring as well as training local doctors to learn these skills but also remain in their country um, and possibly their their home areas to perform them where there's a need. And then the second is policy changes that improve access to care. And uh, that might be whether it's more funds, whether it's better programs for handling emergency cases. Um, and interestingly, the town we go to in Sanla, even since I've been going, which is an insanely short period of time, the city is just developing beautiful shopping malls, all these things, and yet the hospital has not been touched. The hospital still looks like it probably did 80 years ago. Running water is most days, but not always. There's one bathroom for an entire floor. Um, it's it's amazing to me the contrast of the development uh, economically from a commercial side, but not at all from a healthcare side. And so um, the the policy part is challenging. I I don't think that would be within MOI's mission. Um, that was a bit of the kind of work that I was looking into in my master's research in Uganda, and I discovered that there's always a lot of red tape and more corruption than you would ever imagine, and it's a it's a huge road to tackle. So at the moment, I will take the educational path that costs less money and is usually involves people who already have a certain amount of uh, interest and drive to further that. So apart from just teaching while there, and I've been trying hard with every trip to get better and better interpreters to make that um, uh, an easier task. But also now that I am in Toronto, um, as I mentioned, the, the, the university as well as the hospital are very much into these kinds of global exchanges. And so we do have opportunity to take fellows uh, to train with us. And so uh, with the more proficient English speakers in Vietnam, I have been starting to promote our fellowship opportunities. And so 
Um, hopefully we can perhaps train some of the local doctors and be able to send them back with more skills and, and confidence to uh, continue offering care in areas that we may not have to go back to eventually. Do, do you think that eventually you'll make uh, your presence there unnecessary? That's the hope. Mm. <laughs> That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, right? I, I'm, I'm much more interested now I hear about that shopping mall. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's beautiful. I've never been in. I don't have time when I'm there. But actually, um, our mutual friends have been. You, they, I think they got some quite nice finds. <laughs> you have to ask them about that. Now, you know, it, yeah. it sounds like Mobility Outreach International, I'm sure there are other good volunteer, you know, medical organizations uh, t- taking trips abroad to different places. But Absolutely. all are not created equal properly. I mean, let's just be honest about this. You know, some, some maybe don't have this um, attitude towards a more sustainable setup in mind, and maybe they should. So if, if there's a surgeon um, or clinician, actually, let's say of any kind, yep. who, who may be listening to this show here, aside from your own, you know, we'll talk about getting involved in um, MOI here in a moment, but aside from MOI, what would your advice be to them what to look for in, in, a, in a volunteer organization in order to be picking one that's, um, you know, going to be the most impactful and, and doing the right thing? Absolutely. Um, that's a great question. I, you know, for me, just thinking back at how I got involved with MOI, um, the first thing was I knew other people on the board in the organization and I really, I knew I liked those people. I knew I liked their approach to to patient care at home, let alone abroad. So that was that was a good start for me. Um, but not everyone in our organization is a doctor. Um, we have we have a lawyer. We have some physiotherapists. We have um, uh, prosthetists. You know, we have a whole bunch of people. We have some finance people as well. Not everyone's in healthcare. Um, but the the process which I liked, and this was for me to join the board, not just to volunteer, but I think you could easily apply it, is um, that there was an interview uh, with a few members of the board and myself, and, and that was fantastic because not only did they make sure I shared their vision, I could also make sure that they shared my vision, and and it was very much a discre- you know a discussion that we just had about what my ideas were of sustainability and my goals and um, and how we fit that way. And so um, I think that's the first part is just making sure that your mission statement aligns with their mission statement. Um, the second is is again maybe getting a sense of the kind of work they do, the kind of people they work with. Um, I think there are. Maybe there's more than two, but at least two very different approaches to these medical volunteer trips. Um, there are some groups who go and they they are a self-sustaining team. So they go with their doctors, anesthesiologists, their nurses. They take all their equipment. Um, they're very light on the local resources, um, and they go and they leave as a group. Um, and... Uh, I have never done a trip like that. Um, I know the people who go back regularly certainly develop more sustainable relationships in the areas that they go. Um, but uh, I get the impression some of them are a little bit more about, okay, we're just going to do a ton of surgeries in a very short period of time and we're going to leave. And there perhaps isn't a in-place system for management of those patients once everyone's gone. And, and so for me, that kind of trip was not as exciting. Um, so the other kind is a bit more like we are. We 
we actually partner with the hospital, hence these agreements where we use their anesthesiologists and their nurses, and we bring as much of our resources as we can in terms of equipment and um, and dressings and all of that. But um, we like to partner with them um, one, to keep it smaller, uh, keeps costs down, which is nice, but also to really feel like we work as a team with locals. Uh, and again, we're not excluding local surgeons. They, they come in if they, if they, if there, if there are any <laughs> and if they're interested. Um, but to me, that felt a little bit more like how I like to function. But, um, again, uh, depending on where you go, you may not have that opportunity. And so going as a whole unit may be your only option. So let's just make sure listeners to the podcast know where to find your organization, which is at mobilityoi.org. Um, so that's that's an easy place to just get a description, but um, certainly reaching out to uh, myself or any of us in the group would probably give you a better sense of what we do. Um, we also have a Facebook page, and uh, there's definitely ways to ask questions and see a lot about our different events there. We um, we have a, an annual auction gala every year, too, which allows you to get an update on our programs as well as uh, meet some of the other people who support us and uh, also have a good time. And that's in Seattle every year, usually uh, late winter, early spring. Um, and then, um, again, yeah, we, we definitely on the website, you can, you can get a sense of all of our different projects and, um, and I think as well, all our contact information should be on there. And more importantly, you can go to mobilityoi.org. You can volunteer, sure, but you can also donate. So thank you so much. And you can actually donate on our Facebook page, no matter where you are in the world. And that, uh, makes it a little easier than our website in some ways as well. Maurice, you've been amazing. Uh, thanks so much. You know, sorry for the little technical difficulties at the beginning, but th- this was this was good stuff. That was great. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, and thank you so much for the opportunity to share my experiences with you. 